Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Thanks for joining us again this week. We have a special guest with us, Trisha Workman. Trisha is a principal at Gibbons and Workman, the company that AGC of Missouri uses to do our lobbying. So, Trisha, welcome and thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate the opportunity. So, you spend how much of your time in Jefferson City in the Capitol? Well, when um, they are in session, which is January through May, and that is constitutionally determined, I spend all of my time in Jefferson City. And when the legislature is in session, which is Monday through Thursday during that time period, sometimes on a Friday. When they are here in session, then myself and, and my team are here making sure that we're apprised of everything that is going on. Can you tell me a little bit about what Gibbons and Workman is and how your lobbying services are structured? Sure. Mike Gibbons and I started Gibbons Workman in um, 2014, and we are both uh, lawyers by trade, but spend most of our time lobbying and not doing traditional legal work. This is my 25th session working in the state of Missouri as a governmental affairs consultant or lobbyist on behalf of clients. I started doing it shortly after college, and Mike was in the legislature for 16 years and then started lobbying with me when he left when he left the legislature. So We uh, represent a number of clients, including the AGC of Missouri, and it is our job to be really their First Amendment conduit to the General Assembly for our clients to make sure that what their issues are legislatively, if they want to pass something or if they want to defeat something or if they merely just want to educate legislators about certain happenings, that we are able to put them in a position to do that. We do it directly on their behalf, so we spend a lot of time directly talking to legislators, but then, as you know, Lynn, we also work with our members and staff such as yourself to get them involved in meetings and all the places they need to be so that they are at the table on events that matter to to their interests. So you've been there 25 years. How would you rank the 2019 legislative session and the spirit and the tone of what's going on this session in relation to those other 24? That is a great question. And every year we say, oh, this is the strangest session I've ever seen. But honestly, (laughs) I've got to say that we've been everyone involved in this process, regardless of partisanship or partisan affiliation, whether it be a lobbyist, staff member or legislator, people are just very, very pleased with Governor Parson and how he is leading the state in his character and his conduct. And he is very much a practical person who wants to get good things done. And so while not everyone agrees with his policy objectives, people do really like how he's going about trying to do work. And it's made Jefferson City just a much better place to work. The environment is overall very positive. Obviously, policy differences are going to exist. 
and the Republicans are very much in charge in Missouri, but I think the Democrats feel that their opinions are valued and they're able to make their points through the process as well. So he's been a, a great a great change. We had had a couple of years before that when the environment here, I think would be fair to say, was relatively toxic. And so this has been a, a very nice change, of course. What's an example of that that you could cite? So I, I don't think that really with former governors and the two previous to Governor Parson, they didn't spend much time talking to their legislative colleagues, or at least not in a in a major way, and so their their office was not as involved in helping develop policy or articulating what their priorities were or providing feedback on legislators' proposals. And Governor Parson has, you know, he has recommended a very robust workforce development and infrastructure agenda and has worked with legislators to get bills moving, and so he's very much a part of that, as well as letting others know how, you know, how his office and administration feel about certain things. So he's just much more engaged with the legislature, probably because he is a former legislator and uh, served in the House and in the Missouri Senate for six years. So I think that's, he, he's very much aware of the importance of the legislative branch and, and their role in the process. So could we sort of follow the trail of when something occurs in the contractor's mind or in our member's mind or an issue comes up that they feel needs to be taken care of, how does that chain follow from the brain of one of our members to their mouth to whatever sort of channel finally gets it to Jefferson City? Sure, that's another good question. So obviously what your members uh, first do is if they have a feedback on the legislation or something that they would like to see changed in the law, they typically work with your staff, Lynn and Denise Hasty, and she does a phenomenal job of letting, you know, finding out what the member's issue is, getting the background on it, and then sharing that with myself and when uh, and with John Paris and with others. So Denise is really our direct line of contact. We also obviously deal with you as well. And then if we need to get more background, we speak directly to the members, and the members of the GAP committee, are, of course, are very important. But once we get that from Denise, then we help you all figure out how we can make whatever it is that change happen um, by working with legislators, working with the House and Senate leadership, and others to say, hey, have you guys thought about this important point? And if not, we should, and this is how it should be changed, or this is something we shouldn't do because it's going to impact you know, negatively the AGC and, and their members. The thing that's really important to know about legislators is there's 197 of them, uh, all varying ages, all varying walks of life, and they are definitely going to have some different experiences. But, the you know, the lion's share of them do not know what it's like to be a contractor. So input from your members as to how legislation impacts their business is vital because there's just not that many legislators who have that practical hands-on experience. So for the most part, we found when something comes from a member, it's very much respected because they are the ones that actually, you know, have the expertise to explain how public policy and law will affect them. What's the best way for them to make that happen? Is it a phone call, email? I guess I, I would just surmise that a 
personal visit to the legislature ultimately is the gold standard. But short of that, what other sort of ways are effective? Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, we preach to our clients and also try to make it part of our practice to get to know folks before you need to ask for their help. So to the extent people can build a relationship with their legislator and they're very, very approachable individuals in the communities, to the extent they can build a relationship with them prior to needing to ask for help or on something, that is always the best. And obviously a in-person meeting is, but really a phone call, email, anything from a constituent is highly valued. And so making sure that people know who their elected official is and it's, you know, there's a lot of information on the House website um, and the Senate website, as well as obviously Denise and others can share that too. But going um, any any level of communication is important from a constituent. It's it's less effective to communicate with people who are not your direct representative, and you know those are those are not emails and phone calls that people typically, the staff members in the office typically pay attention to. It's those from the constituents. So. Almost any way that you can reach out is, is a good way, as long as you know who your elected official is. And that tool is available on the AGC of Missouri website. Yes, that is absolutely right. What are some of the big picture issues that you're sort of following this year, both within the construction world and outside of the construction world? What is occupying the legislators' time between now and the middle of May? So big picture issues that are going on, as I mentioned earlier, the governor is very interested in workforce development and infrastructure and has recommended a pretty thorough legislative agenda for those things. There is a bonding package that would be general revenue bonds to fund 250 bridges, and that has been introduced as a concurrent resolution that would have to pass through the House and Senate in order for it to be effective. So that's one of the big priorities, and obviously anything that's highway or construction-related, we're closely following for the AGC, and, and that's one of those priorities. There's also some legislation that you and I have worked on, Lynn, with Representative Kathy Swan that deals with a fast-track education component, and it's intended to help folks who do not have their two- or four-year degree completed or who are pursuing a certificate in something that's been deemed as a high-need high occupation, for them to be able to access grants to be able to finish that higher education work. And, and again, it's not to get, have to end in a degree. It could be a certificate program as well. And there's about a $22 million budget set aside for that, but the legislation would have to be created in order to authorize it. So both of those are real high-profile issues that we're following for, um, in general as well as for the AGC specifically. We also are doing lots of looking at lots of tort reform that is important to to just make Missouri's judicial climate better for um, defendants, and that typically helps companies across the board so that they are so that when they are sued, it's got to be a bona fide lawsuit filed by Missourians. So that's something that's been a huge priority for a number of years with the business community, and it's going to take up a lot of legislative space and time this session. So there's infrastructure, there's workforce, there's tort reform. Anything on the education side of things or on the regulatory side of things? Uh, we've heard a lot about this Internet sales tax. Is anything shaken with any of that, or is that even something the legislature is involved in? 
So, no, the Internet sales tax is absolutely something that is a priority of many because it would be an opportunity to increase revenue. Um, the state of Missouri, the state has a balanced budget requirement that you don't see at the federal level. So every year Missouri has to ensure that they don't spend any more money than we have. And even in years where, where uh, revenue has been on the upside, it, Missouri is a pretty conservative state as far as appropriating funds. So additional revenue as a result of that Internet sales tax which comes as a result of a Supreme Court decision um, that said that you can tax Internet sales that are made uh, to individuals in your state. That is something that's moving forward. It is going to be a little bit controversial because we have a lot of conservative legislators who feel as if, feel that if we're going to collect additional taxes, then we have to figure out how to offset that spending somewhere because ultimately they don't want to be involved in anything that they see as an overall tax increase. So that is, is some of, a little bit of the rub on that of why it might take a little bit to get done. And then on education, education reform, which is typically vouchers and charter schools, there's lots of proposals moving on that as well, looking to expand charter schools outside of St. Louis and Kansas City. And the um, voucher program would focus on special needs students and attempting to get them additional dollars to go to a different school if that was what their parents deemed appropriate. So looking back again at the 25-year window, is this a legislative session where very little is going to get done, the average amount is going to get done, or this will be more activity than usual? I think, I mean, it's always difficult to say. The one thing that can make any prediction go to hell in a handbasket is in the Senate, there is no limit on debate. So any any legislator who's not happy with something in the Senate can avail themselves of what is called the filibuster to talk something to death to keep it from getting done. So that you know, with that in mind, I think we're going to see a pretty average to above average amount of legislative activity. This governor, again, as I said, is highly popular. People want to see him get things done. There are things that he's helping others get done and so I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see a relatively productive session so long as the Senate doesn't have a meltdown. Let's hope that we don't have that. In closing here, Trish, what sort of things would you like to share with the folks listening here, whether they're AGC members or non members, what's the best way for us to represent ourselves and help make Missouri a better place? Well, I mean, I, I believe your members have done a great job. They've participated in so many legislative days over the year. They participate at the gap level. They participate by feedback to you and Denise when requested. But just knowing that your outreach to your legislator makes a difference for you individually as well as for the industry overall, and that coming to Jefferson City and being a part of the process and meeting folks is always something that is highly recommended to do because being here really makes a difference legislators here for me every day, four days a week, January through May, and sometimes over the weekend, but they don't hear from their actual constituents as often. So when they do, it's very meaningful, and I just want folks to realize how important that is. I always say that part of the power of an association is the ability to show strength in numbers, that, as you said, if it's you going up there every day representing some unknown faceless group that's one thing but when there is the strength of hundreds of members behind you that makes your role a lot different i absolutely agree 
Tricia, I really appreciate you taking time today to talk to us. I know you're pounding the floors in the Capitol today and doing what you need to do on our behalf. Thanks for all your hard work, and thanks for being our guest on iPodcast AGCMO today. Well, thank you for asking me, Lynn, and we really appreciate the opportunity to work with you and the AGC. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.